Welcome to Jubilations, a Judaic podcast intended to educate, inspire, and motivate your hungry Jewish mind. Each week, Jubilations dives into the minds of influential Jewish people speaking powerful words of wisdom. Rabbi Manus Friedman, world-renowned author, counselor, lecturer, and philosopher. He uses ancient wisdom and modern wit as he captivates audiences around the country and around the world. He hosts his own critically acclaimed cable television series, Torah Forum, with Manus Friedman, syndicated through North America. Over 150,000 copies of his provocative yet entertaining tapes, both audio and video, have been sold. Rabbi Friedman's first book, Doesn't Anyone Blush Anymore?, was published in 1990, and it was widely praised and is currently in its fourth printing. Rabbi Friedman is a noted biblical scholar, recognized for his sagacious grasp of Jewish mysticism, and a professionally ranked member of the National Speakers Association. He is featured in the documentary films The Lost Key from 2014 and The Jewish Journey, America, 2015. Rabbi Friedman was born in Prague, Czechoslovakia in 1946 and is a Kohen. He immigrated with his family to the United States in 1950. He received his rabbinic ordination from the Rabbinical College of Canada in 1969. He is blessed with over a dozen children and dozens of grandchildren. Rabbi Manus Friedman has a lot to share with us. You can find him at itsgoodtoknow.org. Rabbi Manus Friedman, welcome to Jubilations today. I think we're going to be talking a little bit about Sukkot today. Hot topic. Hot topic. Hot topic. <laughs> That's true. So, Rabbi, give me a little history on Sukkot. Sukkot is one of the three major holidays that is actually written in the Torah. Um, it is meant, it's a seven-day holiday. Today it's an eight-day holiday. It ends with Simchat Torah. It comes in the harvest season. But what it is, is commemorating the 40 years in the desert where God protected us from the elements, with clouds or with huts. But we were living in temporary um, dwellings. So for eight days, we move out of our house into a temporary dwelling. Which, of course, reminds us that even when we're living in a permanent house, it's really God's protection that keeps us going and that keeps us safe. So the sukkah, which is a little hut that we build, has to be covered with natural growth, has to be some plant or some tree, which shades us a little bit from the sun. It doesn't really protect us from the rain. So if it rains on Sukkot, there goes your soup. Wear your raincoat. Can you use an umbrella in a sukkah? No. You have to be just under the sukkah. And um, the, the other mitzvah of that holiday is the four plants or the four species. 
which is the etrog, the, um, the, the uh, palm branch, the myrtle, the, um, the willow. And we put them all together and um, cause all four types to become one. And the four types are those who are great in everything. They have good taste and good smell. That's the citron. Then there's the palm branch. It has a good taste, but it doesn't have a very good smell. The myrtle has a very good smell, delicious, but it don't taste good. And the willow doesn't have much of a smell and it doesn't taste very good either. So the fruit of the palm tastes good, but it doesn't have a particularly good smell. So it basically includes every level of scholarship. Good taste means that you've studied a lot. Good smell means you've done a lot of good deeds. So there are those who are better at the good deeds than at the study. There are those who are better at the study than at the good deeds. There are those who are best at both. And there are those who are kind of schwach at both. But whatever it is, we're all one people. We take all four together, and that's how we celebrate Sukkot. And we have to do the shake, right? Yeah. At least that's what I call it. We have to go in all six directions, correct? Six. Tell me the six directions. Well, there are four directions, and then there's up and down. It's been a year. I forgot. <laughs> it has been a year. <laughs> That's why we have to do everything annually so we don't forget. Rabbi, just back up a little bit and tell me why we're supposed to not have our roof completely closed up. Why are we supposed to see the sky or see the stars or have some rain in there? Because it has to be essentially a temporary dwelling. If you build it too strong and too um, too protected, that becomes like a permanent dwelling. It's not. It doesn't symbolize the conditions out in the in the desert during the forty years. What's really beautiful about it is that here is a mitzvah that you do with your entire body, sitting in the sukkah, your head and your feet equally. Not too many mitzvahs involve the entire body. Mikvah does, because in the mikvah you have to be completely submerged. But that's about it. Those are the two mitzvahs. The thing about the, about the sukkah is, not only are you in the mitzvah from top to bottom, you can be in the sukkah with another person, or with ten other people, or with a thousand other people, and you're all doing the mitzvah equally from head to toe. So it's really a unifying mitzvah. So we're supposed to sleep in the sukkah? <laughs> there, is, there is a mitzvah to sleep in the sukkah. Ah. But of course, if it's dangerous, or if it's too cold, or if it feels too holy to sleep there, then you're, you're exempt. Okay. So if it, if it creates great discomfort, you don't, you don't do it. So... The beauty of it is, the mitzvah surrounds us. Unlike food, food nourishes 
by being ingested, taken internally. If food surrounds you, but you don't eat it, you're going to starve. But mitzvahs actually nourish us by enveloping us, by surrounding us with holiness. And the sukkah is the perfect example of that. We are surrounded by holiness, submerged in it. But then taking the four elements, that is more of an internal process. They don't surround us. We unite them. We bring them all together. So here we have a combination of godliness that surrounds you and godliness that you internalize. So inside and out, we are surrounded and submerged in holiness. And that, of course, comes after Yom Kippur, which comes after Rosh Hashanah. So when we get our year organized straight and we get our accounts settled, we apologize for the sins of the past year, have them erased and forgiven, now we can enjoy the mitzvah of sukkah with true joy. Clear conscience. Can you get married in a sukkah? You mean, can the sukkah be your chuppah? Yeah. Can the sukkah serve as your chuppah? Yeah. Probably. be very fun. My next life, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get married in the sukkah. Is that a big sukkah? Yeah. <laughs> or a tiny wedding would probably be better. <laughs> and you sleep in a sukkah, if you want. Minnesota. Not meant. Hey, now it's very nice right now. We could get it. Could happen. <laughs> we had some pretty nice. We have. Yeah. I so, also remember the days we had to shovel the snow. Off. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we have to have a little bit of both. That's the beauty of being in Minnesota, right? We get everything. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> Rabbi, a, a sukkah it has to at least have three sides, correct? Yeah. Okay. And. Is there a reason why you, you couldn't just use two pieces if you wanted to use more of your, let's say if you're going to lead it on your house and just wanted to use two? Oh, you can, you can use your house as one of the walls. So meaning that would be the third, I suppose, right? Right. And is there any particular thing that you're supposed to legally that you have to use as the sides or can you do whatever you want? Anything can be used for the walls. Cool. As long as it's stable. Is there anything in particular that is a mitzvah to eat in the sukkah? Everything. Everything. Whatever you eat, you should eat in the sukkah. There are no special meals. Okay. Or special foods. Okay. It's just the yomtiv, you know, same yomtiv kinds of foods. Got it. But it's not, nothing particular like matzah on Pesach. Yes. Building a sukkah under a canopy. No good. Doesn't qualify. Got it. So it's got to be open in your front yard, your backyard, preferably your front yard so everybody can see. So they know you're keeping it kosher. Yes. <laughs> and your non Jewish friends can come and ask you what it is and you can tell them all about it. The, you know, being in this area, being in Highland, is that people are really good about putting it in the front. And I think it's good. It makes your neighborhood want to know more. I love that. Yes. Good. Remember 1976. It was our bicentennial. 
and we put a sukkah up in the Nicollet Mall, downtown Minneapolis. It was a huge sukkah. And we invited everybody in. So that year, because it was the bicentennial, every company, every school, every organization advertised its age. Nice. Like since 1904, since 18, whatever. So we put up a sign saying 3,315, whatever it was, 3,315 years that we've been doing this. And people were so amazed. I mean, America is 200 years old. We are 3,300 years old. Wow. And we've been doing this all the years. This has got some powerful meaning to it. It keeps us going or we keep it going or whichever. So it's an awesome thing. Why did Sukkot start? What was the... What happened in our world that they created this holiday? Which, may I say, is on the 15th day of the seventh month, which is Tishrei, just for those that don't know. Right. 15 days after Rosh Hashanah. So the commandment in the Torah is to the people who came out of Egypt that they should spend these seven days or eight days in these temporary huts so that for every generation, the children will know that God protected us in the desert with these temporary things. So I guess the first time it was performed was when we entered Israel, under Joshua. So we know that for the 40 years that we wandered in the desert, we lived off the food that fell from heaven, the manna. <clears throat> and we drank water from the well that came from a stone. But what protected us from the sun, from the from the wind, from those were the clouds or the temporary huts that God provided for us. And that kept us safe from the elements for 40 years. So we commemorate that by having all our meals and all our events in the sukkah for those eight days. Most of our history, we've been nomads. Right. Every country we lived in was pretty much temporary. Yep. And yet we outlived those who had permanent dwellings. Yep. Who had their own countries, their own armies, their own cultures, and we outlived them. Yep. In our temporary dwellings. So the sukkah is not a flimsy thing. It's kind of an eternal thing as flimsy as it looks. Where you are right now, you're in New York. Where are you, are you guys putting a sukkah up or are you using one that everybody, more people at one time will be using or do you put your own up? Do you have the space to put that up? Well, hopefully we're going to be in Minnesota. Oh, okay, good. Nice. Uh, but, you know, the big apartment buildings, you can't have a private sukkah for every resident. So they, they, they build a collective sukkah. Nice. And even, even, you know, do timeshare. It even shifts. But the private homes, every home has its own sukkah. Nice. On a balcony, on a fire escape, everywhere. Really? Well, you know what I just saw? Like, I, I have some friends I know that have those one the traveling ones that they'll, you know, bring to you. Yeah. 
I just saw this new one that they're coming on bikes with them. Is that brand new or has that been around where they have those small ones that they actually bike in for you? That's rather new. It's big enough for only one person. So it's basically the, the same as the pop-up ones. Yeah. It's just in case somebody wants a little bit more coverage, a little bit more of a man cave. Can't even sit down in it. Oh, can't you? Wow. Barely. barely. Wow. Is there anything that you need to have inside your sukkah other than yourself? Is there anything that's mandatory? Nothing. Nothing. Just sitting in the sukkah. Okay. Are there certain prayers that you have to make sure we do in the sukkah? We would do the Shechahianu, right? Would we do that on the first day? When, when you're eating. And you would light your candles in there and do your prayers for that at, over Shabbos and uh, your challah. Whatever you would do in your home. Okay. Is there anything else I should ask you about it that I have? Yeah, the bees. The bees? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing in the whole world. <laughs> you have the food out there. The bees will come. Right, yes. right. And you're you know circus is coming. That's right. It's terrible sometimes. On certain years, it is terrible. But thank God for them. May they stay alive forever and ever so that we and can live. Put a little honey aside for them and they'll be yeah. We still dip the challah in the honey. So we dip the challah in the honey, but why do we not, why isn't it more specific about how on Rosh Hashanah we do the apple and the honey, but when we come to Sukkot, we do the challah and the honey. Why? It's just a continuation. Okay. The main thing is Rosh Hashanah for a sweet year. But then, since the holidays continue for 28 days, um, so we just continue the honey. Not necessarily with the apple. So you have to put aside a little honey in the corner of the sukkah for the bees to... When you build your sukkah, when you sit in your sukkah, or you visit a sukkah, um, the joy that that should bring should be intense enough to last the entire year. So, you know, there's the anniversary of... Everything has its anniversary. Rosh Hashanah is the anniversary of creation. Shavuot is the anniversary of the receiving of the Torah. Sukkot is the anniversary of the joy. It introduces joy for the year. So it should be enough to last the entire year. And this should be a very happy year, a sweet year, an enthusiastic year, and it should be a year of lots of good news, which we desperately need. We definitely do. We definitely do. Well, I wish you to have the best Sukkot that you've ever had, and, and hopefully in Minnesota, okay? And I hope we will talk again soon. It's a pleasure as always. Thank you so much for your time, Rabbi. Be well. Thanks for listening to Jubilations. May you go from strength to strength.